Good morning, everyone. Good morning, my beloved brothers and sisters here at Praise Christian Fellowship, where Christ is exalted and love is demonstrated. Well, I trust that all of you are well and healthy. It always feels like home to be here. Well, you know, I'm not surprised because you are all our extended family here at PCF. Well, my wife and I are so delighted and filled with joy to join you this morning in worship of our loving and living God. And I'm honored, I'm humbled to bring God's word to you this morning. Proverbs 16.3 says, Commit your work to the Lord, and your plans will be established. Commit your work to the Lord, and your plans will be established. So what's the plan? Well, we all make our plans for our lives and for our families. These are plans that were engraved in our hearts and in our minds. The things that we want to do and accomplish in life. Or places we wish to go and visit. Or a career we want to pursue. Or a new things that we want to experience in life. And we are hopeful, right? Hopeful that most of our plans, if not all of them, will come to pass. Planning is a very good thing. And the Bible encourages us to plan. But what happens when your present situation in life makes it so difficult for you to achieve your plans or to reach your goals? What if your hopes for a better future for your marriage or for your children or for your family seem to start falling apart because of what's happening around you? I mean, we all know there is pandemic and nobody knows when will it end. The economy is unstable. And you are financially challenged. And while the bills piling up, you lost your job. Or you have to close down your business. What do you do? What's your backup plan? Well, here's the good news, beloved. There is a plan mentioned in the Bible that will for sure work in the lives of God's people to bring them to victory. That's God's great plan. God's great plan. Today we will look into a very familiar passage in the Bible. And as we hear from God, may God's word bring us new and fresh revelation of his great plan for you and me. So, let me read to you our text for today, which is taken from Jeremiah 29, 11. I'm reading from the English Standard Version. 
For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for evil. To give you a future and a hope. Father, our confidence is in you. And so we come to you today with praise and thanksgiving in our hearts. You said in your words that your thoughts are not our thoughts. Your ways are far higher than our ways. Father, your word is life and we desire to live in the light of your word. And so I pray, Father, that as we listen to you today, anoint our ears that we may hear, our eyes that we may see, and our hearts that we may understand your message with power and clarity, O Lord. Holy Spirit, be our teacher this morning. Anoint the lips of your servant. May the name of Jesus, our Christ and Lord, be glorified in our midst. In whose name we pray all this. Amen. 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 God's great plan. Now, if you have your Bibles with you, please keep it turned to Jeremiah 29. Uh, we will go through it through this message. Now, just to give you a little background, Jeremiah was originally from the land allotted by God to the tribe of Benjamin. He was called by God at a very young age. Among the prophets in the Bible, only Jeremiah and Samuel were known to start their ministry at a very young age. So Jeremiah ministered as God's prophet in Judah, particularly in Jerusalem. God was so specific on what he wanted Jeremiah to do when he first called the young prophet. Jeremiah 1.10 tells us about this. <clears throat> See, I have set you this day over nations and over kingdoms to pluck up and to break down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. Now, as you may have noticed, there are four actions here that are negative. To pluck up, break down, to destroy, to overflow, to overthrow. Well, the book of Jeremiah is pre predominantly about God's judgment and punishment, not only for Judah, no, but to all the nations for their rebellion and rejection of God. Now, please keep in mind that though, during those times, these four negative things are already underway and happening in the life of Judah and the people of Jerusalem. They were already plucked up from their own country and overthrown as exiles in Babylon under the rule of King Nebuchadnezzar. Not only that, also the Jewish temple that was built for, by Solomon, which was the center of their pride, the center of their honor, the center of their glory, was already burnt, broken down, and destroyed by the Chaldeans or the Babylonians. Now, picture that. And imagine the distress and the pain the people of Judah were going through. 
they were emotionally, morally, probably physically also, definitely spiritually bankrupt. From fame to shame, from glory to being worried, from honor to horror, that was the situation of the people of Judah during the time. But listen, that was part of God's great plan for his people. Verse 4 tells us that God was the one behind their present situation. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles whom I have sent into exile. From Jerusalem to Babylon. Now on the positive note, there are also actions of blessings in God's mandate to Jer Jeremiah. What is that? To build and to plant. That was also part of God's great plan. But how will God accomplish his great plan in the lives of his children? There are two things I'd like to share with you today. The first is this. It is God's plan to bless His people in the present. It is God's plan to bless His people in the present. Jeremiah 29.11 I mean, who doesn't know Jeremiah 29.11? Everybody loves this passage. And many have memorized this as their personal verse, claiming every word of it upon their lives. But I won't be surprised if someone may ask Pastor Edwin, wait, it sounds a little different. I think that Jeremiah 29, 11 that I know is somewhat different from what I am hearing from you today. I know, I know, and let me tell you, the New International Version rendered this verse in a way more attractive than other versions. And IV says it this way, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope, and a future. And let's be honest, many would, would prefer, you know, this translation over other, other translations. Do you know why? Because people in general want to be prosperous. Amen? I mean, who doesn't? The word prosperity is like, you know, music to the ear. But let me tell you this, beloved. This version or this translation, listen to this, limits the true meaning of God's word. It limits the true meaning of God's word. And we need to know this. So we are not deceived by this prosperity thing. We need to know this. Not that God doesn't want his children to prosper. I believe he does if he wills. But listen, there is more to God's plan than just making his children prosperous. There is more to God's plan than making his people prosperous. 
Now, the Hebrew word used for welfare or prosper in this verse is shalom, which means peace. Peace. So in other words, the verse is practically saying that God's plan for His people are for peace and not for evil or not to harm them. Now, the word shalom in the Bible has various usages. It means peace like tranquility or not having war. It is also, it's also means or referred to the well-being or the good health of a person. It also means or denotes security, means rest, prosperity, okay, and abundance. You know, what the Lord Jesus Christ said in, in John 10.10 10, paints a clearer picture of the meaning of shalom in our passage. What did the Lord say in, in John 10.10? 10? I came that you may have life and have it abundantly. Amen. A kind of life that is complete, a kind of life that is whole, that is full a life that lacks nothing like what Psalm 23 speaks about. That is God's plan for His people. Plans for peace. Not just for material prosperity, but also for their welfare, for their good, for their abundance, for their completeness, for their well-being, for their good health. It is the peace that only God can give. So how would God fulfill His great plan of blessing His people in the present? I'm excited about this. First, God commanded them to be founded. To be founded. Or be firm. Be established. Do you remember the two positive things God commissioned Jeremiah to do? To build and to plant. Now the Lord is telling them, these are my plans to protect, to preserve and keep you. Plans for your welfare and not for evil or not to harm you. Build houses and live in them. In the place where God is sending them to exile. God is simply saying to them to make themselves at home. Do you follow? God is simply telling them to make themselves comfortable to where they are in the present. Now, I'm sure that we understand clearly what it means to settle into a place that is new to us. Many of us came from different places, maybe from another city or another state or even another country. And I'm sure that you would agree with me that settling into to where we are today was never easy, right? Most of us started out here renting or living with families or friends. But praise God, by God's great plan of blessings, many of you have already built your own houses. And to some, more than one house, right? Praise God. Now, the next part of God's great plan to bless His people in the present is for them to be fruitful. To be fruitful. 
plant gardens and eat their produce. Now I've noticed upon entering the church at the courtyard, I noticed some new lemons planted. And, and you know, and they all look wonderful. Hallelujah. And I'm not surprised because during this time of lockdown, many have invested their times in gardening and in growing different kinds of plants and vegetables on their background, right? You know, three weeks ago, uh, we visited my cousin, Ate Russell, uh, in Hayward, California. She was so excited to, to show us what she has grown on her background, backyard. There are beautiful tomatoes. And big chayotes, or also known as pear squash, just to name a few. They're big. They're big. There's a lot. There's a lot. It's like this big. One is like this big. And I'm sure most of you also have your own little garden at home. But I have to tell you, there is something, something so peculiar that my wife did. You know, most of you know that we live in a, in a small apartment in Eagle Rock. We live on the third floor. Normally, you, obviously, you don't get a back, backyard on the third floor unless you, are a, you, you, you live in a condo and you are rich. and You, can, you know what I mean, right? Well, we live, apartment, we don't have backyard. So, but I was so, so impressed with my wife who was able to grow sweet potato in our apartment, on our kitchen counter. Can you believe it? Here's how it, how it looks like. You see? Susan's sweet potato is growing on water without soil. Wow. And believe it or not, we already enjoyed the fruit of her labor when she harvested some leaves from it and cooked them with her Sinigang. So plant gardens and eat their produce. It is God's plan for His people that they work to be productive, to be fruitful, that they may enjoy the fruits of their labor. We also understand that very well. Some of you, like me, like myself, migrated or exiled by God, if you will, from another country. And yet we praise God because we are able to work and enjoy the fruit of our labors. Amen. In the foreign land. Thus we have been founded and we are established. Now moving on to verse 6. The Lord even went further on how they are to be fruitful. Now this is something that is not very popular to many young people of our generation. I mean, the millennials refuse to get married. And even when they do get married, many of them would rather adopt a dog or a cat than to have a child of their own. Unbelievable. But God says, go and multiply. And that is being echoed here in our passage. Take wives. And have sons and daughters take wives for your sons. And give your daughters in marriage that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there and do not decrease. 
That's God's way of blessing and keeping His people back then. They are not only to be fruitful in all the works of their hands, but they are also to be fruitful in numbers. Well, I think the principle here is very clear, beloved. The only way not to increase, to decrease is to increase. And that is to multiply, to be fruitful. Now, the same principle applies to the growth of the church in numbers. The only way not to decrease, again, is to increase. And how do we do that? But by making disciples, by planting seeds of God's word to people, that there may be harvest of souls. There is no other way. Next, God's plan of blessing his people in the present is for them to be faithful. To be faithful. They were commanded by the Lord to be faithful to him in prayer. Even now that they are in exile in Babylon. And they are to be faithful. Faithful in Him in prayer for the city that they're in. Verse 7, But seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile, and pray to the Lord on its behalf. May this remind us to continually pray for our cities. For us here in Los Angeles, let's pray for the state of California. For our country, the United States. Let us also remember in our prayers, our employers our, and the companies that we work for, our bosses and our co-workers. We are to pray for all our government leaders regardless of what party they belong. Because they represent us, every one of us. The Lord commands us to intercede for all of them. Why? For in its welfare, you will find your welfare. You will find the blessings from the Lord. Then as we see in verses 8 and 9, Prophet Jeremiah warned the people about the false prophets and the false teachers among them. He says, Do not let your prophets and your diviners who are among you deceive you. And do not listen to the dreams that they dream. For it is a lie that they are prophesying to you in my name. Jeremiah said, I did not send them. The Lord said, I did not send them. I find this so interesting. This is a constant um, warning that we find throughout the scriptures. When it comes to false teachers and false prophets. They're always present in the lives of God's people to mislead and misguide them. They will always try to persuade them to take a different path and convince them to consider a different plan other than God's. They were present in Jeremiah's time. They were present in the time of the Lord here on earth. They were present in the life of the church after the resurrection. And obviously, they are present even today among us believers. And so in the midst of all this, God wants his people to be faithful to him and to his word. We praise God for giving us the Holy Spirit who guides and protects our minds and hearts. 
from the deception of the enemy. Amen. Thank God. And we thank the Lord for giving us the word, the Bible, his living word where we can check against it every teaching that we hear and see if they were so and they were in accordance to God's word. Prosperity, hello. Again, the people from Judah are to be founded, to be fruitful and faithful while they are in exile in Babylon. That's the God's great plan for his people in their present. And there's a reason for that. Verse 10 tells more about it. They need to be founded or be established in the land. They are to be faithful, fruitful, and multiply. They have to be faithful and remain faithful to God. Why? Because it will take them 70 years as exile in that foreign land. You see how great God's plan is? Long term. And it always works. But listen, beloved, God's great plan does not end here because after that, we see that it is also God's plan to bless His people in the future. God said that He will visit them after 70 years to fulfill His promise and bring them back to Jerusalem. See, 70 years may be long, right? But that's part of God's great plan. 70 years may be long, but that's not the end of God's great plan for His people. Now, this brings us to our main text. And the second part of Jeremiah 29, 11, you know, tells us that it is God's plan to give His people a future and a hope. Now, get this, beloved. The text is saying that there is hope for the future, not in the future. It means that the hope that God gives is available for you and I now. Now, not tomorrow, not next week, not next month, not next year. Today, now. The hope that God gives is available now in our present listen to me beloved hope is irrelevant in the future hope is irrelevant in the future because the future of god's people has already been given it's already been settled so what's the future like for the people of god again verse 10 speaks about number one god's promise of redemption in God's own time, He will surely redeem His people from where they are and from whatever situation they may be to bring them back to Himself. And I'm sure of this, God will surely redeem us even from this pandemic or from whatever dire situation we may be in right now in our present. Amen? Not only that, but there is also God's promise of reconciliation, verse 12. Because God will visit His people to redeem them. They will put their trust in Him. And they will call upon the name of the Lord. They will come to, 
to, to Him. They will pray and cry out to Him. And God will answer their prayers. Thus, they are reconciled to God. Amen? We can also find that there is number three, God's promise of reunion. You will seek me and find me. When you seek me with all your heart, I will be found by you. See, God requires all of our hearts when we seek him. And he has promised to be found when we do. Amen? I am sure of this, beloved. Listen, there will be a great reunion in the future for the people of God. I don't know about you, but I am so excited about that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But there's more. There is more. There is also God's promise of restoration. And I will restore your fortunes and gather you from all the nations and all the places where I have driven you. Now, this reminds me of God's faithfulness in the story of the life of Job. If you remember his story, he had seven sons and three daughters. He had so many, so many sheep and camels and oxen and donkeys. He had so many servants and workers. He was the, one of the richest men during those days in their place. But all these were taken away from him. All his ten children died in an accident. Not one. All. All at the same time. But to make the long story short, God, at the end, that God restored to him everything that he had lost. The Lord even restored to him twice as much that he had before. And also, he also blessed him again with seven sons and three daughters. Know this, beloved Brothers and sisters, God is faithful to keep His promises. Be assured of this, that there will be redemption, there will be reconciliation, there will be reunion, there will be restoration. That is God's great plan. God's great plan is to bless us, to bless His people in the present, and to bless us, his people, in the future. That's for sure. Amen? Now let me ask you, beloved, how does your present look like right now? How are you in the midst of this pandemic? What's your situation in your spiritual journey, in your job, in, 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 your, in your family, or even in the ministry? How are you coping up with your present? I may not have an idea what your present may look like right now. Some of you may be having problems in your family or in your relationship with your spouse or children or loved ones. Some of you may be going through health challenges. Some of you may be having financial difficulties. Some of you may be struggling with that, you know, with that sin that still enslaves you for the longest. Some of you may be in a very unpleasant situation in your life. And you have been there for, for so long already. And so you start asking yourself or asking God, when I can see change? 
When will I see growth? When will this be over? Hear me out in this, beloved. Wherever you are and whatever situation you are in right now, in your present, in your life, know that it's not the end of God's plan. It's not the end of the road for you yet. Yes, hardships, sufferings, and difficulties in our lives are not easy. And yes, they may stay for a bit longer, hopefully less than 70 years. But like what the psalmist said, weeping may tarry through the night, but joy comes in the morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God allows you to be in your presence because that is part of God's great plan for you. And this is what he asks you to do. He wants you to be founded. He wants you to be firm. He wants you to be established in Him as we live in our present. He wants us to be fruitful. God knows God's will and God's purpose. He, we know that. That's why He allow us to experience the things in our present. Consider this present as God's fertile soil where we can grow even more in our faith in our relationship with Him. Be fruitful in the work that God has entrusted you, whatever that is at the present. Be fruitful. He also wants us to be faithful. Be faithful in praying that God will be glorified in our present. Pray for the good of the place where you are. Pray for the people around you. Choose to be a blessing. Choose to be a blessing. God also wants you to know that there is hope that is available for you today. Now, He wants you to know that there, there is hope for the future because God holds your future. God's plan for you and me, beloved, is to bless us in our present. To bless us in our future. And know this, God's great plan always works. Amen? For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Listen, beloved. God is not guessing. God is not taking chances on this thing called life. God is not taking chances on our life. He knows the plans He has for us. Plans for our own welfare and not for evil. To give us a future and hope. Amen? Let us pray. O Lord our God, in you we put our trust. Oh, Lord, our God, in you we put our hope. Because in you we find our peace and in you we find our strength. We know that your plans always work, Lord. And so I pray that may our hearts and our spirit be encouraged by your word that we have heard today. 
cause your children and oh God to trust you even more knowing that whatever present situation we may have and whatever present situation we may be in, we know that you are here with us and your plan is for our good and not for evil. Embrace your people, O God, with your peace and bless us, O God. May the name of Jesus, our Christ and Lord, be glorified in our lives. This we pray in His name. Amen. Amen. God bless you.